You're listening to the Superhuman in You podcast. Superhuman in You is an organization with a mission to help business leaders improve their mental, physical, and emotional health. Now presenting to you, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and an award-winning coach, your host, Anurag Rai. Hi, Chris. It's really good to have you on our show. Thank you for accepting my invite. And well, uh, yeah. yes, pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Anurag. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I know a lot about you. I've read a lot about you. And I know all the amazing work that you're doing. But for, the, for some of our audience who don't know it, if you don't mind, if you can tell us a bit about yourself to get started. Sure. I refer to my professionally, I refer to myself as a mental toughness coach. Now, of course, depending on what mood I'm in, I might not say that. If I'm in a particularly playful mood, <laughs> and you can thank Steve Chandler for this, he'll, de- he'll deny it, but I'm telling you, he's, he's the one that came up with this. I'll say, I am Viagra for the mind. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Chandler, own yeah. it, Steve, you know it. So, yeah, what I do is I train the brain. You know, most of us, no matter where we are from in the world, most of us haven't had any formal training on how to strengthen the way that we use our minds. In the United States, everybody has, at the earliest stages of education, what's called gym class, gym or physical education, phys ed. Where you go out, you be active, you go play a sport, you go do some exercising, you know, it's gym. And it's teaching us the value of being physically fit and active and movement, yeah. <clears throat> which is really good. But there wasn't the mental gym class. There wasn't the class where we were taught, like where the teacher would open up the class and say, all right, all right, students, what we're going to do now is become emotional masters. All right, we're going to practice uh, creating all kinds of different human psychological states. All right, create jealousy, go. Create joy, go. Create expertise, go. Create fear, go. So you can create them all. But we weren't taught that we, we have that. We weren't told that we had that ability. We, we intuitively knew coming into this world that we have that ability because we have the ability to just choose joy without any reason, causeless joy until we're educated to be really victims of circumstance and let the outer world govern the inner world. So what I do is I I have, I I help people reprogram the way that they use their minds more specifically. I help people reprogram the way they um, respond to life. All right. So I help people train themselves to interpret reality opportunistically and enthusiastically as opposed to problematically. And it is training just like working out. You got to get in thousands and thousands and thousands of reps, which is cool. The good news about mental training versus physical training is you can't overtrain. You ain't going to get hurt. Yeah. And you don't need a gym. You don't need any equipment. Awesome. I love that. And uh, something that, 
I also truly believe in, I talk to my clients about is uh, that a lot of us love, especially the business owners or the entrepreneurs or leaders, they are too much focused on problem solving, but what they do is they are trying to solve the symptoms. So they would solve uh, the symptoms that come from poor mind management, as I, I, I like to call it, uh, stress, fear, anything like that. So it's, it's fixing the symptoms where instead of, as you said, going back and going, taking a step back and thinking, where is it coming from? You know, <clears throat> when I, that's really important. So you, my ability to exceed, <laughs> We are the conditioning of our past would have us to even see reality in a distorted fashion. Yeah. Right. So we can't even necessarily hear or see reality as it is, especially when I have anxiety. I'm really profoundly deactivating all forms of intelligence when I have anxiety. Yeah. When I have the, the opposite of anxiety. When I choose to think in ways that result in me feeling enthused, competent, grateful, excited, determined, then I'm activating all forms of intelligence. I'm releasing neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, maybe even oxytocin that are like literally the on switches for all intelligence centers of the brain. So they have me see options <clears throat> that are always available to us but that we can't see. Let me give you an example. This is fun. I do this all the time in my workshops. Think of a number that corresponds to the most money that you can imagine getting a hold of under any circumstance in a year's time. So everyone listening or watching, please do that. I don't know if you would do that too, it'd be fun. So I'll repeat it. <clears throat> Think of a number that corresponds to the most money that you can imagine getting a hold of under any circumstance, in a year's time. <clears throat> All right, you got one? Yeah, yeah. What is it? Well, for, for me, it's uh, obviously, uh, I've trained myself to think limitlessly, so uh, it's-, it's okay. All right, so don't answer, don't answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, good for you. Yeah. All right, tell me, you'll tell me your answer in a second. Okay. Now, <laughs> so for, Everyone else who came up with a number of the question to you, now obviously you can't respond, but I could guess what the responses might be. Can you double your number? It's entirely probable that you can. Like a lot of people come up with all different numbers, yeah. all kinds of different numbers. You know, there'll be like a million, there'll be 10.65 billion people come up with, and it doesn't matter what the numbers are. Yeah. Because my next question is can you double it and still imagine that? And people say, yeah, I can. And then I say, well, then you didn't answer the question. I've been asking this question for probably two decades <clears throat> in workshops that I do. Yeah. And invariably, 99% of the people will, don't even hear the question that I asked. They're answering a different question because they're unconsciously interpreting the question that I asked, which is about money, which we all have a lot of weird learning about. Mm -hmm. And therefore we're unconsciously translating the question from a question about imagination. Cause I said, what's the most you can imagine. I didn't say the most and they convert it into their estimate of possibility, a question about what's they, their estimate of what's possible based on like their, their vocation, 
salary projections, you know, blah, blah, blah. And answering a totally different question, right? So there really is only one appropriate response to that question. What was your answer? Uh, well, my answer was because I read somewhere, I think Elon Musk increases wealth from to 76 billion. So if one person can do it, then I can also do it. So that was my answer. Oh, um, so you really, can still double that number. <clears throat> yeah, can, yeah. So that's not limitless. You led me yeah, straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, well, so let me tell you the answer. Like there really is only one appropriate response to the question. I'll give you a hint. If I asked you how many of these writing implements, pens and dryer markers and blah, blah, blah. If I give you a full five minutes, how many could you remove from this holder? All of them. All right. That's like a stupid question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's no different than the money one. The only proper response to my question is all of it. But why don't we think of that? <clears throat> because we have, we have no learning about the level of difficulty of removing pens from a pen holder cup. Yeah. But we have a whole lot of learning about money and scarcity so that we don't even hear the question. What's the most you can imagine? All of it. So you answered that. Like, you, you probably even thought, is he asking me a trick question? Because this is stupid. All of them, duh. Right? Why isn't our so? I was doing a coaching session in here. It wasn't a coaching session. It was, a, it was like a I was like meeting a coaching prospect here in my home office, and they were sitting right in this in this chair. That's where my clients sit. Yeah. There's an ottoman, <clears throat> and this woman brought. I sit over there in my rocking chair, which is fun. And the woman, for some, this is so weird. She brought her four year old daughter to this conversation. I'm like, man, right, that's fine. So I just got her some paper and some you know markers to play with. And I'm in conversation with the mother and I bring up this question as, cause it's a question that it's an example. It's an, it's an illustration of how the conditioning of our past governs us. And mental toughness training is about freeing ourselves from the conditioning of our past so we can experience reality as it is and co-create magic fast. So I get to the question, the money question and the little girl's calling and without even hesitating, she didn't even look up. She just goes all of it. And I'm like, there you go. I'm like, ma'am, you don't need me. That's your coach right there. <laughs> the little girl has yet to be educated about scarcity and money and all that stuff. So it's so it, her her all of it is just as obvious of an answer as all of them was to you with this, right? <clears throat> so back to what you were mentioning about problem solving. I believe that we live in a universe where if there's a problem, there's a solution. I don't think the problem would exist without a solution. And our ability to access those solutions rapidly with fun is profoundly enhanced by elevating state. Which is a practice. I love that. I love that, uh, the question and the analogy as well. Uh, It just just makes you think. uh, Simple things you don't don't realize that uh, you you think that, uh, so for example, for me, um, I would think that, yeah, um, my thinking is limitless, as I said, but it wasn't, as you pointed out. <laughs> it was, it was on, the, in the, on the way. Yeah. <laughs> it was on the way. It's in the right direction. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. yeah and it's it. like expanding. And that's what this work, the work that I do is really is about freeing our minds, right? Freeing mm-hmm. it up. So, so we're just breaking the binds that have us unnecessarily settle, yeah. struggle, mm-hmm. 
suffer unnecessarily because of the way we have practiced experiencing reality when we just haven't been taught we have just most of us don't have access to the practices they're not complex it's like stop complaining just start stopping complaining that's not how complex is that start eliminating complaining from your life everybody who hears this please do that that alone will profoundly enhance your entire experience of reality and i'm not even kidding even close to kidding complaining is just plain stupid Right, the, the, the only tiny value that we that I think we get out of complaining would be either a little venting, right? But if we practice not having a problem with the thing in the first place, there would be nothing to vent, or bonding through negativity. But the expense, which also is not useful for the world, <laughs> but the expense that comes with complaining far outweighs any benefits. So start eliminating complaining as a thing. Like if you could visualize how different is your life. Like what are you doing? with the time that you spend in complaint. Now, by the way, we complain a lot more than we realize. Yeah. 99% of our complaints, I, I venture to say, happen silently in our minds. It's just us having a problem with reality and but not even saying anything out loud, just having internal dis-ease, internal conflict. <clears throat> so uh, sci one scientific study said that we, I don't know how you would study this or measure this, but <clears throat> I believe them. They said that we complain. Humans complain on average once every 11 seconds. That's a lot of complaint. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So practice eliminating that and, and then like visualize what is your life like? Like what are you doing with the time that you formerly spent in complaint? Meaning having a problem with what is yeah. and then what are you doing instead you're creating experiencing appreciating and creating yeah. <clears throat> there's i'm gonna tell you a story uh that happened um in my world not too long ago that was a perfect illustration of everything we're talking about right now mm -hmm. which is the higher the state the better i feel the better i am but only at everything and only always put that yeah. way so i'm on a flight i'm getting on a flight i'm trying to get on the flight it's delayed 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 i'm going to give a talk in san francisco i live in arizona short flight like two hours not even and um this company for some reason decided and i've been working with this company for the better part of a decade first first and only time ever in my career the company decided to fly me out the same day as my workshop. And that's risky, right? Because a lot yeah, of stuff yeah. could happen that would you know, interfere with my ability to arrive. Yeah, yeah. And all those things did happen, in fact. Flight delayed, delayed, broken clamp on some you know, overhead compartment. And then got to go back to the gate. Maintenance fixes it. Then we go out on the tarmac, ready to go. Captain comes on, says, oh, I am so sorry. This the captain never wants to make this message. But because of that little piece, the mechanical repair we needed, our flight crew has timed out now. And we need to go back to the, we're not allowed to fly. And we, the employees, <clears throat> we have to get a new flight crew. So we got to go back. This flight's canceled. Mm -hmm. We're going back to the gate. And that's when, so this is like over hours, hours and hours. Now I was flying out way early that day. So I was like, yeah, time, I got time. It's cool. But now I don't have time. 
I don't even know what's gonna happen. So the whole plane lets out this collective like, oh shit, all right? Including me, I'll, I'll own it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's pretty flat. I was a mental coach getting hired to go train people to respond to all of life with mastery. And I'm going, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. Have yeah, the rest of us. Yeah. Oh. So, well, we've all practiced it. I've practiced the hell out of it. It's why I'm in the career in the first place. Because mm -hmm. I noticed myself practicing having such, so much of a problem with reality. And I thought, it's not serving me. So there's this guy standing next to me on his cell phone in the, in the, on the plane. He's up and he's so pissed. He's so angry. He's screaming in the phone at this poor ticket agent somewhere in the world. This is bullshit. You know, just going berserk. Like, just kind of stunned me. I'm like, holy mackerel. Oh, that's the opposite of how I want to be right now. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that reminder. I'm going the other way. The complete opposite end of the emotional spectrum. And let's see what we can create with that. Yeah. So I got legitimately pumped. I said, this is, man, whoo, this is living, baby. Let's go. Let's create some cool things here. Yeah. I'm getting there. If I, I mean, I, I was like, if I have to walk around the airport and go find someone with a private jet and tell them I'll pay them everything this company's paying me just to get there, I'll do it because that's worth the story. So I, I'm going to get there. Let's just see how. So I vibe up. I literally get enthused. I just think about, I think about this whole set of circumstances in an enthusiastic way. Yeah. Then I call American Airlines, you know, to help. Right. And the woman who answers the phone will say is Diane instantly can sense my enthusiasm. So I'm like, Diane, hey, this is CD. You can call me CD. My friends call me CD. We got a game. Game on, sister. And we're going to win. And she's like, wow, yeah, let's do it. And I tell her the deal. She goes, oh, wow. OK, all right, cool. All right. So what gate are you at? I'm like, I'm still on the plane. I don't know what gate I'm at. She goes, all right, well, as soon as you get off the plane, let me know what gate you're at. So I get off the plane, I'm like sitting in, in the, like on the wing. So I'm half the plane gets off in front of me. And then I, I get out and I say, I'm at A18. And she goes, oh, good. Can you see A9? And I'm looking down and I say, yeah, I do. I see it's way down there. And she goes, run. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in like Mission Impossible, you know? So turn into the alley right now. Go into that door, go up the stairs. So, you know, she says, run. So I'm running. And she goes, when you get there, tell me if the door is open. God, please have the door be open. Please have the door be open. So I get there. I'm like, the door is open. She goes, oh, she's good. They were supposed to have left. That's a, that's a flight to San Francisco. And it says San Francisco, clear as day, right on the board. And she goes, is there a gate agent? I said, there sure is. She goes, go over. Ask him if there's any seats left. And I go over, and it's an older gentleman. With some European accent, I couldn't make it out. And and I asked him, and he said, he's like, ah, let me look, let me look. There is one. There is one. And he prints out a boarding pass, he hands it to me. And I go, and I say, Diane, you're you're unbelievable. That you just made that that's so easy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And he goes, oh, that was fun. And I so she hangs up. So I'm walking down the jetway and I'm like, problem solved. 
And the guy comes walking down after me. He goes, sir, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I need that. I need that boarding pass back. And I'm thinking, why? What's going on here? And he takes it from me and he rips it up. And I'm like, well, wasn't that rude? And then he hands me a first class boarding pass. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, you, you are good. That was nicely played, sir. So there were actually two seats on that plane to San Francisco. The sign says San Francisco. Half the plane on my plane gets off the plane. And no one, no one looked up. No one looked up and said, oh, that's this. Excuse me, sir. Are there, any, are there any more seats? I just got off that flight that was canceled to San Fran. And they would have said, he would have, he would have said, yeah. Nobody, because you know why? Everybody's disgruntled. Their heads are down. And they're going, oh, this sucks. You won't believe what just happened to me. Can't see the solution. Right? Obvious. Yeah. Right? I'm convinced that that's happening all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Elevate state. Right? Activate creative genius. Create solutions. Create excellence. Create miracles. I think a lot of us are too much focused on, as you mentioned rightly, complaining about the problem that we can only see the problem. Uh, it's only if we took a step back, you see, every problem has a solution. And it might be very obvious. <laughs> There's a great two and a half minute clip that I use constantly in my work. And I'll send it to you if you want to put it in the notes. Send. Okay, so but if you if anybody is like sitting at a computer and you just want to Google, or just write this down and Google it after this. Um, you Google Amy Phoenix Open. You say that again, sorry. Say Amy and if you Google Amy and Gary Phoenix Open. So it's a young girl named Amy. And a professional golfer whose name is Gary Woodland. Yeah. Um, and they're at the Phoenix Open. Mm -hmm. on a, uh, They're playing the 16th hole, which is an infamous hole. It's the party hole of the planet Earth. Okay. It's the craziest golf hole on the planet Earth. And I love it. It's right here in Arizona. I go every year. It's so good. But it's like on a pro-am day before the tournament starts. So they, so they have like, you know, Make-A-Wish Foundation stuff and you, know, you can pay to play with the pros and all this. And this young girl, Amy, she won the Make-A-Wish contest thing. And her wish was to play the 16th hole at the Phoenix Open with Gary Woodland, her favorite golfer. So she wins that. And here he comes and, she, and they have her clubs, which she didn't know. And she's like, oh, my God. And it's, this is a two and a half minute video where she gets to play that hole with him. Now, she's a young girl with Down syndrome, and she is surrounded. The 16th hole is surrounded. It's literally a coliseum. There's crazy drunk people everywhere. And, she, and I'm not going to spoil it, but when you watch, please pay close attention to her language. It's amazing. Her self-talk couldn't possibly be more masterful. I counted the number of times she said the word yes in a two and a half minute clip. I think it's 31. Yes. You want to play? Oh, yes. I hear you're a good golfer. Yes, I am. 
Isn't that beautiful? Hi, nice to meet. Nice to meet you. I hear you're a really good golfer. Yes, I am. So perfect. So watch that. There's great learning in that little in that short video, and the then and, and the whole thing ends beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> so it is so awesome. That's all I'm gonna say about that for now. Awesome. I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned something about self-talk. Uh, tell us a bit more about it. So why self-talk is important, especially. So I think still there are lots of entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders, um, CEOs who feel that all this uh, mind stuff or self-talk is not somewhere business related. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're wrong. Yeah. You know, Buddha said, uh, so he put it a couple, probably many, many great ways. Two of my favorite uh, ways that Buddha articulated the answer to your question here is one, the mind is the forerunner of all things. Yeah. That's cool and true and important. But my favorite way that, that Buddha articulated this is this. Your whole life unfolds according to the way that you think. Boom. Your whole life, including your business life. <laughs> yeah. Your whole life unfolds according to the way that you think. And that is what self-talk is, is what are you thinking right now? What are you saying? What are you, what, what's the chatter? Right? Our, our language that we're using on the inner world governs the states that we're in, right? The language creates the state and the state creates the action. The action creates outcomes. And so it all goes back to thinking. So I really want, if I'm really committed to excellence, I have no time for crappy self-talk. I just don't have time for it. It's a rookie mistake. But we've all been, you know, well rehearsed. We've been trained and this is just a human, uh, the human condition. I'm not like a conspiracist by any stretch. I'm just saying the human condition is that we, like, you know, Alan Watts said it beautifully, which is that we hide ourselves so we can find ourselves. We forget so we can remember. Each of us is an aperture through which the universe observes itself. Only the game we're playing is to not know that, which means the game we're playing is to remember that. So we get to awaken to these things like, yeah, you know, speaking poorly to myself doesn't really help anything. Actually, it hurts. It makes life harder. Yeah, so let's stop that. Let's go ahead and upgrade the hell out of the way I speak to myself and the way I think. And that's really not very complex at all. Like, at all. At all. It's so simple. It's so simple. It couldn't be simpler. It's instantaneous. It's free. <laughs> there are no rules, no regulations, no policing, you know, just yeah. speak powerfully to myself. Like, so when you watch that, Amy, she's, you know, you're going to hear her go, yes, I got this. Yes. Yes. I got this. You're going to hear her say, repeat that. I play word games. Okay. Right. There's great value and that's fun. And there's also great, there's great value for the mind chemically in doing puzzles. Yeah. The crossword puzzles, stuff like that. <clears throat> So I do these word games and, and invariably, of course, I get stuck. And I noticed myself saying, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I stop and I imitate Amy and I go, yes, yes, 
yes, I got this. And you wouldn't believe how often I see the solution. When I change my chatter, it's remarkable. Yeah, uh, I totally understand. And um, I've lived it. No, I, I work with my clients and I feel that the self-talk, it affects us in three three levels. That's why I uh, often say it. one is uh, obviously we cannot solve outside problems when we're dealing with inside problems. Hmm. So, so one is there. And then the other level is, as you rightly said, is state. Uh, so if we are in a good state, we will be a better leader, better, uh, better parent, uh, better boss, everything. Uh, it's all about the state. And the third level is also what we, we were talking before, what you said is, uh, is coming out, like expanding uh, your, your consciousness is coming out from thinking only about the problem and taking a step back. And that's when you can see the solution. You know, the biggest mistake that I have witnessed people making in the pursuit of their desires mm-hmm. over the course of my entire career yeah. is waiting unnecessarily putting unnecessary time between ourselves and our desires because we believe that there's a reason to do that. And in most cases, there sure as hell is not. Like waiting for a certain, waiting for things to go good before I feel good. Yeah. Like when I was working with a lot of professional golfers, I still watch a lot of golf. I love the game. I love the sport uh, and I love watching it. I know a lot of people out there, so it's fun to watch. And, um, and invariably, you know, you hear commentators, several of whom I know and are cool as hell, great people, but they're still, they're just, they're human and they're conditioned, you know, like we are, like I'm talking about, to wait. So they'll say something like, well, you know, he just needs to make a few putts to get his confidence back. And I go, oh. Like, no, you got it backwards. You've got it backwards. You don't want to wait to see good outcomes in order to feel great because you don't need, you don't need anything to change in order to feel great. You can just feel great now. Like you can start talking to yourself the way you would talk to yourself as if like you couldn't miss, like all you've been doing is draining putts from forever land and talk to yourself like that. Talk to yourself the way you talk to yourself when you're demolishing it. And, and so it's called create the state. Don't wait, create the state. Don't wait. Don't wait for things in the outer world to change. The probability of the things in the outer world changing the way you want them to is magnified when you create amazing states first. Start with state. Start with state. You know, and in the business world, I talk a lot about one specific state, which is called the all-in state. I'm going to send you a link to my all-in audio program. I need to share it with people for free if they want it. It's the second best creation of my life, inspired by Steve Hardison and my work with him. And it's the state of mind that we're in when we're infinitely committed. I, I, I do not know of a more powerful and effective state, psychological state, than the infinitely committed or all-in state for getting stuff done. And getting it done fast and well. Yes. With least effort. Which is the zone. In sports or in music, in any performance, when people say I was in the zone, it was like, it felt easy. And I just felt lightness of being. There were no problems. And it seriously, it felt like it was effortless. And that's the zone. That's our natural state, I believe. 
So all in, choosing to be in the all in state. And what that means is knowing that you're going to pull off the miracle without waiting for the answers to how. One of the most powerful things we can do, and this is big, like I work with a lot of companies, they got huge quotas, sales teams, big multi-billion dollar international companies. And they're constantly, like they never, the quota from year to year never stays the same. It's always going up. And it's always, for most people, inconceivable how they'll hit their numbers. But then they do. And then the next day, they have like a 10-minute celebration. Then they get slammed with a new quota, 20% more than that. And like, how am I going? How? The how obstacle. Like we've been conditioned to believe that we need to know how in advance in order to believe that. And we don't. In fact, the how, San Francisco, will become apparent, right, more rapidly with least effort when we elevate state. And one of the best states, like I said, is being infinitely committed. So I'm gonna share with you, um, it's a 59 minute audio program that I recorded when I was in the zone. I was definitely in the zone because I, I recorded it in one take, which is ridiculous. It was, it's, it's cool. So uh, yeah, I'll share that with you if you wanna include that as a yeah, gift for your audience. Great. Yeah, that would be great, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so- the, I see something on your T-shirt, ain't bad, and I can't see the rest of the words. Uh, just as, uh, t- tell me, what, what, what does it mean to you and why, why ain't yeah, bad, yeah. just as? I have a ton of these shirts. I have jillions of these, right? <clears throat> because mm-hmm. they're, they're conversation starters, and they're really, first of all, the reminders to myself. So yeah. here we go, right? So here it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's happening, and this is good. This is useful for me yeah. and hopefully for everybody else as well. There's these mantras that remind me to elevate my state and to control my thinking. So ain't bad just is comes from, this is a new, I'm from Jersey. I'm from South Jersey originally, right? Yeah. And I, I like to dumb stuff down. Mm-hmm. I really like to take complexities and simplify the hell out of them, like really dumb it down. Mm-hmm. So uh, William Shakespeare, this is actually from Shakespeare. Okay. <laughs> in, in Hamlet, there's a line that's something like nothing good or bad happens until you think it's so. So nothing is good or bad. It just is, isness, everything until a human being interprets it. And we interpret it in one of three ways, bad, neutral, good. Some version of those it could be phenomenal, but that's good. Yeah, good, yeah. bad, or don't care. You know, and we have those three available to us at all times. So this reminds me that when I get into complaint, I can instantly. This is like taking tums when you have heartburn. It's like the antacid for complaining. This mantra, right? Because it instantly neutralizes it when you say to yourself, "This actually ain't bad. It just is." So it's like my refrigerator broke a couple months ago. And, um, and then it broke again. They came and fixed it. And then, they, well, theoretically, and it broke again four days later. And the second time it broke, I lost all my, like, meats and, like, steaks in the freezer. Everything went warm and bad, spoiled. So I'd throw a lot of stuff, all of it, away. And as soon as I discovered it the second time, I went berserk. Yeah, if you'd seen me in that kitchen, when I discovered that my kitchen floor is covered in water and all those great steaks are ruined. 
and you watched me react to that, you would think to yourself, I won't be hiring that man to coach me. Nope. <laughs> yeah. God, no. Because <laughs> I was going postal, man. I was like that dude on the plane. But I was only like that dude on the plane for like 10 seconds. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Because of the practice. And I'm, I'm proud of that. Like, this is a win. So it took me about 10 seconds to go. And I, and I, and I used this one. So what I did was I caught myself in complaint, right, by just noticing how angry I was. And it's all unnecessary. There's no legitimate reason for me to be angry about any of that. Because it just is. It just is a broken refrigerator and a bunch of food that needs to be discarded. That's the end. This is a blue pen. This is just data. So I neutralized it instantly. I said, oh, this ain't bad. It just is. And I suddenly, I felt way better. But I didn't leave it at that. This is, this is like the, this is the gateway mantra, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I wanted to feel, I didn't want, I don't want to stay neutral. You can, I neutralized it, but I'm like, oh, let's make it better. And then I went to another mantra and I said, this is the best damn thing could have happened. This is the best damn thing could have happened. And at that exact moment, Devin Bandison, you, you probably know who Devin is. Yeah, yeah. Devin's a good buddy of mine, fellow coach, fellow, me fellow mental coach. He's a go-to mind coach of the NBA. He was staying at my place because he comes out here. He lives in New York and he comes out twice a month to work with Steve Hardison. And he stays at my house because he's my boy. So he was here then. He was here that morning. And I'm in the kitchen and the floor is covered with water. And I have my little 10 second tirade, which I neutralized what ain't bad just is. And then I, as soon as I said to myself, you know what, though? This is the best damn thing could happen. He walks in and he, now this is, too, <laughs> this is really funny. Two mental coaches in the kitchen. That's got to be the beginning of a joke because so he says to me, oh, dude, how pissed are you? Because he sees all the water and he knows that the refrigerator was broken four days ago. And, I, and I'm laughing. I'm like, bro, this is the best damn thing could happen. He goes, CD, man, I see you doing the work. I'm like, yeah, baby, come on. <laughs> and it is the work. Yeah. Right. And it is funny that two mental coaches, right? We're humans. We're, doing, we're still practicing. I'm still practicing. I'm getting to the point where my auto response, like Byron Katie says, would be enthusiasm. Byron Katie says, until you are able to respond to all of life with enthusiasm, your work's not done. I love that. Mm -hmm. You wanna hear a story about uh, someone that we both know of quite well, um, who has gotten to the point where at least, I can't speak for him completely, but I, I have evidence that at least sometimes there is zero seconds between an adversity not his language and enthusiasm you want to hear a story yeah it's about steve hardison steve does these trips each summer where he'll pick a neighboring city and he'll just load up his little porsche with uh tons of gifts like books and stuff you know that he's going to give away to people he hasn't met yet so he just has an amount of time that he'll stay in like six days or whatever. And he'll get a nice place to stay, but that's it. He doesn't have any other agenda. He doesn't make any commitments. You know, he just announces that he's going there and people say, hey, can we get dinner? Because I don't, I don't make any commitments. Well, let's just see what happens. His only commitment is he's going to go co-create miracles with people, strangers, just spontaneously. And he does. It's, and, he, and he documents the whole thing on, on social media. And it's just awesome to watch. It's like a beautiful reality TV show. It's really sweet. It's, it's a powerful, it's gorgeous, right? It's all awesome. 
So, of course, I'm following it. This past summer, he chose Santa Monica, California as the destination. So he's got these videos going of him dancing with homeless people and stuff and giving the books away to the bellman as soon as he pulls up to the resort where he's staying. He's like spends an hour with the three bellmen getting to know their names and their histories and giving them, you know, books and, and posting pictures and stuff and having them go, we love this guy. So, you know, that's what he does for the whole week. <clears throat> so the week is over. It was really fun to watch. He's on his way back. He makes the post. He says, this year's tour is complete, total success. Now I am so happy to go home to see my girlfriend, who happens to be my wife, Amy. I love you so much. I can't wait to get home and see you. So that's that, right? Well, apparently not. A few hours later, he makes a new post. And it says, apparently, he called the Top Hat Tour. This summer is one where he comes up with fun names. He has a Top Hat. So his Top Hat Tour, apparently not complete yet. There's more magic to be created. I get to create more. I have a flat tire. You know the story? Have you heard this story? Uh, no, I haven't read. Okay. So he gets a flat tire, and he's about 120 miles out from Phoenix. So that means he's in the middle of the desert. It's June, which yeah. means it's like 120 degrees Fahrenheit. It's scorching hot. He has no spare because it's a little tiny little Porsche. There's no place for it. Yeah. So there you go. There's that deal. All right. And he, he is amped. He's like saying, I get to call Porsche roadside assistance and make that person's day. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see what else happens. And it'll be amazing. And he calls and he's like that. The woman is like, oh my God, I never get calls like this. Are you, sir, are you on drugs? He's like, yes, <laughs> I am. Dopamine. Yeah, baby. <laughs> And, and, you know, she's just like loving because he's just bringing joy. And he's like, so what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And she goes, well, I'm going to send out Marcus, who's going to come pick you up in a flatbed, you and your, your car, and drive you home. And he goes, oh, man, I'll, yes, man, I'll, Marcus, man, he's about to have the ride of his life, and he doesn't even know it yet. And, of course, he does. Yeah. Like have the ride of his life. When Marcus gets there, Steve just makes his day. In the meantime, Steve's just playing around on his phone in the air conditioning, whatever. And everything's just perfect. So I'm telling this story just like I am right now, because it's a great story of like where I'm working towards. So there's no 10 seconds after the refrigerator breaks for the second time and my stakes are being thrown out. So there's no so anyway. I want to make sure I'm telling the story appropriately because I I I don't I want to make sure I'm not filling in the blanks conveniently. So I can have a story to tell people. I want to make sure I'm being historically very accurate. So I call Steve and I say, hey, Admiral. That's my nickname for him. Nobody else calls him. I call him. He calls me Boatness. It's, just, it's another story for another day. So I said, I got, I'm telling your story about the flat tire. And I want to make sure I'm telling it correctly. I have two clarification questions for you. And he goes, shoot. I said, first one is, how much time did it take for you to get to enthusiasm after discovering that you have a flat tire in the middle of the desert, 120 miles out from home in 120 degree heat with no spare. And he goes, zero seconds, as if it was like an insult to the question. Yeah. Like, duh, kind of like you said, all of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I go, good, good. All right, second and final clarification question. Um, how are you able to do that? 
And he goes, years and years of practice. I said, I'm telling the story perfectly accurately. Thank you. Goodbye. Practice. Practice. Practice interrupting our habitual problematic responses to life. I'm not saying stop caring about things. I'm not saying, in fact, the less I have a, a problem with the problem, the more rapidly I'll solve the problem. Right? So my having a problem with problems is interfering with my ability to solve them. So it's an, it's a, an unintelligent approach. So enthusiasm is a smart move. Plus, people want to help you. You vibe up. People want to help you. Right? So I'm practicing and I'm happy to announce that I have achieved 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's great. That's great. Back yeah. in the day, I think that could have been 10 days of frustration. Yeah. 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 And for some, yeah. For some people, uh, it, it could be years. A simple, simple things. To, they, just, uh, they just take it uh, and they, they go into this recy recycling their thinking and, and continue suffering. Something based on what you said as well is uh, so some work that I do with my clients is I make them realize that nothing is problem. So all problems are created in here. And uh, the way we do that is, so we want to get them in a place where everything is either a challenge or a situation. And I ask them this question that what, uh, what you don't have wings, is that a problem? And they would say, just like I said, right? All of it. I said, no, <laughs> and said, okay, if you did not have eyes, would that be a problem? And they said, yes. And then I would say, what if as human species, we never had eyes, would that still be a problem? And they would say, no. Right on. That's yeah. brilliant. So, yep. so yeah. Yeah, you know, every set of circumstance. I don't, you know, I studied astrophysics for a, a, a brief period of time before I fully committed to the career trajectory that I took. And I'm very glad that I did because it actually serendipitously, looking back, was a good move. <laughs> I'm convinced that we, you know, that we live in a universe that is unfolding with flawlessness. So I agree with you that the only place in the universe where a problem exists is in the neocortex of a human mind. And the more of the time we spend in problem mode, yeah, the, the, the more time we're, again, putting unnecessarily in between us and the creation of excellence, which I'm convinced we are designed to do. Well, thank you very much for sharing. I'm cautious of time because um, I don't want the episode to be too long as much as I would like to continue this conversation. But before uh, we go, have you got any parting wisdom for the viewers or listeners? So magic is all there is. It's the constant in this equation that we call life. The variable is my ability to slow down enough and vibe high enough so that I can co-create with that magic. That's the practice, slow down. That by the way, for all the business folks listening has been the most, and I'm not even kidding, the most lucrative discipline I've ever incorporated into my life and my vocation, slowing down, not kidding. Lucrative, among other things, peaceful, but lucrative. 
So slowing down enough, vibing high enough, and then we can play long. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about you, where can they do that? Yeah, my website is the perfect spot. It's ChristopherDoris.com. And my last name is spelled D-O-R-R-I-S, ChristopherDoris.com. It's all there. You know, I encourage people, I send out a daily dose. It's an email that comes to your uh, mailbox every morning around 6 or 7 a.m., no matter where you are in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a little nugget, right, of uh, mental toughness gold that'll help you get your head right first thing in the day. So I encourage you on, on the homepage of my website to sign up for the Daily Dose. That is the best creation of my life. And I'm, so I'm going to share with you both my number one and two best ever content creations of my life. So I'm going to give you that. Awesome. Thank you very much for doing that. And I will put all the links in, in wherever you are uh, watching or listening to this. So you'll find the links in the description. And yeah, uh, it was great to have you on the show, Chris. And it was like I had some insights. I'm sure the whoever will watch and listen to this will have lots of insights. So thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you also, obviously, you know, you, you, Anuraj, you're doing incredible, incredible work. So thank you for your contribution to make the world a better place for me to play along with in. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Superhuman in You podcast. Find out more at superhumaninyou.com. 